Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton, aired right here on the ever-popular Blog Talk Radio Network. As always, we just open the show with the ingenious tunes of jazz musician John Porter. The song is titled When the Sun Goes Down. Check him out on iTunes. Great music for the ears. We are so excited you have opted to join us this evening. Tuesday nights now belong to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. We air every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Listen in as you relax at home with the kids or as you commute home from work. We want to welcome everyone to this national show for the entire community. The show offers programming for all of us. We bring an array of topics and discussions to the table. We really do aim to deliver thought-provoking discussions that will hopefully impact and shape lives in a positive and meaningful manner. We want to make good use of your time. Stay connected to the show. And please, share us with everyone you know. Our youth. Our youth is the big topic on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton right now. Please call the kids in the room. This upcoming conversation is for both youth and adults alike. We have community activist and pastor Phoenicia Seibert with us to confront real issues that challenge our youth. You, she and I will dig into mundane issues that almost all youth face to some degree. Bullying, teen pregnancy, and drug use are all issues parents feel threatened by. Just to name a few. The harsh reality is that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services reports some 900,000 pregnancies occur each year among teenage girls from the ages of 15 to 19 years old. This is just one issue on the table. Our youth are vulnerable. This show will be groundbreaking. We're discussing a timely and relevant issue, saving our youth. A lot of you already know my tagline, knowledge is power, and sharing knowledge is even more powerful. Stay with us. At the end of this show, we will put the spotlight on national recording gospel artist William Levant. William Levant. This inspirational teen vocalist offers uplifting music for all generations. Our featured song selection will truly astound you. All this and more. As always, we have a busy show today. Let's roll with it. It's Shout Out Corner time. As many of you know, this is a time where we briefly say hello and express acknowledgments to our loyal listeners and supporters worldwide. First up, hello to Audrey McMillan out of Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Audrey. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate your support. Also, hello to Paula Edwards. Paula Edwards and her team out of Atlanta, Georgia, they just sponsored the Spoken Word International 2013 Women's Expo in Atlanta. Congratulations on a successful event. Keep shining. Lastly, my family recently experienced the loss of a loved one. I want to thank Long Branch Baptist Church 
of Greenville, South Carolina, for showing us phenomenal hospitality and support during this critical time. And thank you to all of the friends who extended their sympathies to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Certainly, I appreciate you. Please email all your community news to Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. That's Let's Talk Shana at gmail.com. Of course, Shana is spelled S-H-A-N-A. And I will certainly share your important information with our worldwide listeners. Right now, we will go over our words of inspiration for today's show. This is a segment on the show where I will provide quotations and statements I personally find profound. Today, we have the celebrated philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson, who once said, most of the shadows of this life are caused by our standing in our own sunshine. Again, most of the shadows of this life are caused by our own standing in our sunshine. Let your life shine is what I believe this statement from Ralph Waldo Emerson really means. A lot of times we have doubt, we have inhibitions about things going on, and and we're, oh, that's not going to work out for us. They're operating off of fear. And I think fear and doubt has no place in anyone's life, especially someone who is headed in a direction of up, who's progressing, who's moving forward, who's claiming a victorious and positive and successful and productive future. So remove the doubt in your life, and I encourage everyone to keep pushing. Keep pushing. Let's talk about the issues or concerns about our youth with community activist and pastor Phoenicia Seibert. First, a little about the featured guest. Now, I don't want to spill the beans too much because she can tell her story a lot better than I ever could. But I will tell you that Pastor Seibert is a community leader in Atlanta, Georgia. She is a pastor, a wife, and a mother, and someone who truly believes that our youth are worth saving. She heads up Snatchback Ministries, an organization aiming to help others. Let's get to know Pastor Phoenicia Seibert a bit more. Welcome, Pastor Phoenicia Seibert, to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. We are thrilled you joined us today to talk about our precious youth. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Shana? Oh, I am fabulous, and I am so excited and so looking forward to this conversation because it's so relevant. We've got a lot of parents that listen to this show, a lot of teenagers, so I know this show is right on time. Yeah, it is. Yes, for such a time as this, we really need this. Oh, yes, I'm so excited. So let's get started. First off, I told the listeners a little bit about you, Pastor Seibert, but I want you personally to tell our listeners about the road to becoming activist and Pastor Phoenicia Seibert. Okay, well, um, I grew up in the church all of my life. I'm 29 years old. Um, I have a father that was a, is a bishop, and I have a mother that is a prophet. Okay. So as you know, I grew up in the church all my life, and I've seen the ins and the outs of church, and I've seen the do's and the don'ts of church. So growing up in the church, I pretty much um, was a PK kid that was really trying to 
find herself. Everyone thinks that PK kids are supposed to be perfect and okay. that they're not going to make mistakes and they're not going to make things. They're just supposed to be perfect children. But um, I kind of got tired of everybody trying to make me be perfect, and I kind of went astray and decided to do things that I knew wasn't the right thing to do, not what my mother and father had instilled in me. So okay. I started to do the clubs, and I started to do drinking and smoking and things like that. But once again, like a prodigal son, once you go out there and do things, you always still got to come back to Christ. Yeah. So I found myself in Miami on a night that I was um, with my friends and doing things that I knew that I was big and bad enough to do. And God spoke to me and said, you know what, this is your time, this is your season, but such a time as this, you need to get and reach the generation that they're calling Generation X and start to restoring them and the parents and coming back to where God wants them to be, which is their first love. Wow. So you really come full circle. So when I think of you, obviously you come highly recommended. You're very popular. But when the people say you're an activist and a pastor, and often you think, well, they've always walked the straight line, you're saying, no, you have experienced where the temptation of all the things that are out there that our youth can get involved in, you've had some of that experience to a certain degree. So now when you bring a message, positivity for our youth and parents, you're really speaking firsthand, correct? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Experience is the best teacher, and I couldn't be able to tell the young people if I've never been through anything. I can only assume what they're going through, but if I've been through the same situation, I'm able to help them how God helped me or people and helped me through the things that I'm going through. Absolutely. So I know this conversation is going to dig into practicality and some real viable solutions. Let's get it started. Our youth are so precious, Pastor Seibert, and and yet they're also vulnerable to a certain degree. I'm a parent. You're a parent. So we understand that, and they have concerns and issues. In your opinion, what's the biggest immediate threat for our youth today? The biggest threat, I think, for our youth today is a lack of parenting. Okay. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, but when he is old, he will not depart from him. I think in this generation and this time, uh, parents aren't raising the kids like in the old generation. The TV's raising them. The radios are okay. raising them. Uh, the next-door neighbor's raising them. You take them to church and you drop them off at children's church, and you don't even see the environment that they're going into. You don't even care. Wow. Uh, the job, you're so busy worried about your job and trying to provide for the family that we have really stopped and lost really trying to instill into our children the right thing to do. And the world is doing that in place of what we're supposed to be doing. Wow. So you're saying it begins at home. It's talking about the guardianship or the parenting or the tutelage that's going on, and there may very well be a lack of it. That's right. Wow. It's a lack of it. If it's a lack of it at home, a lot of people take their kids to the church. If it's a lack in the church, what do the kids go to? They go out to the street. So kids, adults have to learn that, you know, as we were children, we had people, I'm kind of young, but I was told by my mother and my father that um, everybody had to raise a village. If you got in trouble at the neighbor's house, everybody And then you went home, and then your mama then whooped you. I I think that now we have started in this generation that I'm not going to get involved with that. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. it's really hurting our children that if they don't have stability in the home, that they can't really find it anywhere else besides the world. 
And, you know, I want to I wanna piggyback a little on something that you said when, you know, there's a lot of things that do concern adults. And we're both adults, so we can acknowledge that. And you said careers or jobs or even how they're going to pay rent or the water bill. And because of that, perhaps sometimes their attention may stray from the child and everything else is priority and saying, well, they'll be fine in front of the television. They'll be fine watching the videos all night or playing the video games all night. You know, and and I think there are a lot of obviously good parents who say, I'm just tired, I'm stressed. But, you know, we do want to talk about the realism that, but there's got to be other ways. We've got to explore other options because it may be easy to say, well, they wanted to play the video game. They wanted to watch all the videos that were coming on. Maybe the messaging is not most positive by they portray young women. You know, Pastor Seibert, talk to us about the parent who is finding it easier to let the kid or the teenager do what they want to do because they're saying it causes conflict when I turn off the television. It causes conflict when I say they can't hang out to 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning and they're only 13 years old. Speak about that because I think a lot of parents somehow get in their minds, I don't want to feel guilty about it. I don't want to be the bad parent. I'm not spending as much time with them as I would like to anyway because I'm working this job all day or a second job. They don't want to be the enemy to the teenager. Talk to us about that? Uh, well, I think that uh, they don't want to be the enemy um, to the kids because, you know, I'm working, I'm doing this, so I should be able to let them do what they want to do. But we as parents have to sometimes stop being their friend and be their parent. Yes. can't be their friend. We have to be their parent. And sometimes we as ourselves, as parents, have to look at ourselves and evaluate ourselves and say, okay, look, I know I'm trying to be a provider. I know I'm trying to do everything right. I know my kids are trying to do this and I'm trying to do this. But we have to set down ourselves and say, okay, look, if my kids start acting up, if I'm going to have a responsibility and if my child goes to jail or if my child's not making good grades, we have to start making time for our kids, letting them know that we love them, letting them know that this is the reason why I don't want you to stay out to 1 in the morning. It's because I stayed out to 1 in the morning. The only thing out at 1 o'clock in the morning is pretty much booty calls. See, that's not what you need to be doing. Okay. You need to be studying. So we got to keep it real with our kids and look at ourselves and evaluate ourselves and say, you know what, if my job and everything else is important, my child should be important. Yes, absolutely. And what you just said also a few minutes ago that you know one wants to be the enemy, but at the end of the day, you're the parent. And sometimes you have to step away and realize I'm not intended to be their friend. We're talking about a 14-year-old. I'm their right. parent. I'm to provide guidance. Right. You know, peer pressure is always a threat. It really is. And, and most adults can admit to some degree they've experienced it either which way. Maybe they were the influencer or the ones who got influenced. You know, but can you provide some guidance for youth listening in right now who want to be so, quote, unquote, cool or popular, Pastor Cyber? Talk to us. I think it's the same when I was growing up. If somebody jumped off a bridge, would you jump off one, too? I used to hear my mom say that to me all yeah. the time. And I, I think about peer pressure, and a lot of times when we hear peer pressure, we really only hear peer pressure as being something negative. We all realize that peer pressure can also be something positive. Okay. That's a group of people that are trying to influence somebody of doing something that they're doing. There is not just only negative peer pressure that's out there, whether it's drinking, smoking, doing drugs, or having sex. That's not just the only peer pressure out there. There are actually kids out there that are studying, trying to yeah. be doctors, trying to be lawyers, trying to do good grades, trying to get their friends to do what they're doing. And it also goes around about the company that you keep. 
If you hang around thugs, you're eventually going to become a thug. Okay. If you try to hang around good people, you're going to eventually be good people. It's about the company that you keep. Watch what you keep. If parents bring um, bad people to their houses and the kids see them cussing and fussing and eventually you'll find your child cussing and fussing and doing the same thing. Okay. Why? Because it's all about different peer pressures. We as parents um, might look at it differently as we're peer pressuring our child, like fathers might peer pressure their sons to play sports. Okay. And they might not want to play sports. Yes. That's what they want to instill into them, that discipline. It's all different types of peer pressure. You just got to teach and instill into your child what you're trying to instill in them so that when bad peer pressure comes or even good peer pressure comes, they will be able to make up their mind on what to do. Yes. And, you know, we had a show that aired a few weeks ago where someone was on and it said it's not about just saying, well, do as I say to the child when you're trying to set a good example. But he talked about you know, setting a good example in action. And it recognizes that none of us are perfect, but to the point you just said, you really have to be conscientious of the individuals you're bringing into your home that you're exposing your children to or the very type of behavior they're seeing you exert. Right. Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly, exactly. You gotta watch what you do around your children. And they, I mean, my, I have a three-year-old son and I have a ten-year-old son. Yeah. My three-year-old son, if he sees me doing something, he picks it up like a sponge, and then he starts to betray yeah. what I do, whether it's bad or whether it's yeah. good. They look at you because you are their role model. They yeah. starting off from birth. That's what they see. That's what they know. Yeah. And then eventually grow up, and even though the habit, if they recognize any habits that parents do is good or bad, but, you know, I always say normal is relative, Pastor. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. Okay. You know, let's talk about drugs and alcohol right now because clearly it's a very big looming issue if parents want to admit it or not. A lot of youth experiment with both drugs and alcohol at some point. They do. Right. Right. Tell us about the potential consequences of this also common habit that a lot of parents may be in denial about or don't really want to talk about. It's the big elephant in the room. I don't want to bring up the drugs or alcohol, even if it runs in families. Talk to us. Speak to us about it. Well, we all know consequences of drugs and alcohol is pretty much, oh, you can go to jail or you can get raped or you could be raped. Yes. Those are all things that we know are consequences. You could have an overdose. You can do a lot of things with drugs and alcohol. Okay. But drugs and alcohol is pretty much an addiction. It's a pleasure of something. A lot of times when I used to smoke weed, it would be, uh, uh, or drink alcohol, yes. it would be that I'm having a problem and I got to go smoke a joint or I got to drink something. Okay. So take me to another level. Okay. I don't have to deal with my problems, not knowing that once I come back off my high, I still have the problems in my, sitting in my face. Yes. So what we got to start instilling our kids and letting them know is it's the pleasure thing. We're feeding the pleasure of the flesh. Yes. Sometimes, like, uh, let's use for an example that if I always go by my son from LeBron James, it's an addiction. He knows that I always got to have the tight, tightest shoes, the highest shoes. I always Correct. have the that come out. But now if I'm not able and financially able to provide for my son, and now that we don't have any money, he's going to be like, well, now I can't get this high that I'm used to. Yes. Now I'm going to go out and start stealing. Now I'm going to go out and start taking money or, or pawning things. Okay. I can get that high again. We've got to start realizing that it's a pleasure to the problem at the time. We've got to learn how to deal with the problem. Yeah. That's how we will eliminate the drugs and the alcohol. Mm, interesting. And it's interesting that you said that. So you're saying a lot of times when people do run to abuse alcohol and drugs, it's often to cover up different things that may be going on, even if it's mundane stress factors, correct? Yes. Interesting. Yes. What they're going through, um, 
things in their household, their families. A lot of times children, um, we, I just did a radio station uh, where we were talking about the abused children and the sex yes. being molested and things like that. And you never know, these kids are, are calling out through alcohol, heroin, mommies, yes. uh, hookahs, all these different things. And then when you sit down and you talk to them, they're really like, I really don't know why I'm doing this. I just know once I drink and I smoke, I'm in a whole other place. I'm yes. passed out. Then when I come back, I still got to go to the same sexual abuse house. I still got to go to the same situation. So what do we do? We want to fuss about the drugs and the alcohol, and you shouldn't do that. But what is causing our children yes. to do that? Yes. That they're following somebody else? Is it because uh, the parents are not doing what we need to do, spending time with our kids? We need to get to the root of the problem and just stop trying to cover it up. Correct. And, you know, Pastor Cyber, that's why I love this platform that we're doing, because we're bringing real issues to the table. And you're right. We can say, well, they shouldn't do these things. They shouldn't. But you're putting it to a straight. You're saying, but let's dig into the reasons behind it. Whatever it may be, the hurt, the pain, the peer pressure, weaknesses, let's bring it out, because you're saying we won't really tackle the real issue until we talk about what's really pushing it. Exactly. Mm, I love the platform we're bringing. You know, a lot of parents and youth can find themselves at odds about many issues. What's your advice to both youth and parents on handling conflict within the family unit? Because if we like it or not, conflict does come up. It may come up if they want to hang out at a party to 6 a.m. in the morning and they're 12 years old. It It may be over homework. What's your advice on good parents trying to reach their kids, but they're tired of the argument, they're tired of the fussing? What I would give advice to that on is I would say, have to say, parents remember that you were kids one time. Okay. Not only just that, listening, um, opening up a communication with your child, letting your child know that they are able to talk to you about anything, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, whatever it is, that you have that open line of communication with your child. A lot of times... Parents don't want to talk about sex, so you shouldn't be thinking about sex at 12, 13, 14 years old. But realistically, in this generation of time, kids are having sex at 10, yes. at 11, at 12. Kids are having babies at 12 yes. girls. So we need to have, listen, as well as when you were a kid, you wanted to stay out at 1 o'clock in the morning. When you were a kid, you slept behind your parents' back. So okay. you have to start saying, well, this is what I did. Okay. The reason why I'm, I did this, and this is the reason why I've been there and I've done that. This is why I'm going to tell you now what not to do because this is what happened to me when I did do that. Yeah. So we got to start being real with our kids and stop just acting like, we don't know what being a kid is all about because we've gotten grown. We don't know what it is to be a child. You know, you have led right into the next question that I had for you, which was I want to talk about being honest, okay? And and, and honest is always an interesting concept. And I, I believe, and I know you believe, and a lot of people, most reasonable people believe that honesty clearly is the best way to go. Yet in terms of parents being honest with their youth about their past, And I know a lot of good people who are guardians and parents who are like, well, I don't know if I should tell that. I want to portray an image as if I was an ideal kid, I was an ideal young adult. I never got tempted by any of those things. I want you to tell us right now, individuals who work with a lot of people, a lot of youth, a lot of different issues out there in the community, should a parent be upfront about the activities of their own past? I know you said we've got to be, we've got to act like we were not kids before ourselves, but how honest should a parent be? I think uh, honesty is the key to our generation today. Okay. I think 100%. I think that if a lot of parents would have told um, some of us young women 
how to stay in a marriage, how to fight yes. the wife or um, fathers teaching their sons how to be um, fathers and being husbands and how to love their wife. Okay. I think that the divorce rate wouldn't be so high in this generation as it is. Yes. We, in this generation, we're so easy, like, I don't got to deal with that. And we don't, I don't got to put up with that. But okay. if our parents would have told us, this is what you got to do, you've got to communicate with each other, then we will be further along where we are. If, if, like, I'm, I was 12 years old when I first started having sex. Okay. And my, my children, when they get older enough, if they have a question, even now my 10-year-old, if he has a question about sex, of course I'm going to explain it to him. But yes. I'm going to be like, your mama had sex at 12 years old. Okay. It was not the right thing to do. Okay. Why I was doing it is because everybody else was doing it. Yes. The only difference that happened, some of my friends got caught with pregnancy and diseases. I didn't. Okay. God blessed me and saved me and kept me so that I would be able to tell you the story that just because things happen or other people are doing it is not the right way to do this. So I think honesty is definitely don't that's act right. like we ain't never did nothing. Yes. Because that's when our children be like, oh, well, you said you ain't never did that. And then they hear somebody else say, well, back in the day, I remember when your mom used to be high school, like, dog, you never told me that you ever did anything. Yes. You make your child feel like the things that they're doing makes them feel like a bad person. Well, yeah. really... Girls have been around since we, when we were growing up, when my mom and them was growing up. Homosexuality was around back then. Okay. It was around back then. Clothes was around back then. They called them the juke joint back then. So just don't act like it's just things have just changed. Yes. Yeah, and you bring up the point up that we can use our lives, and obviously no one is perfect walking around if we're human beings right now, exactly. that you're saying that take even the negative aspects or things that maybe individuals aren't so proud of and turn it really into an inspirational message or example for the child to say, yes, we may have all been tempted with these things, but you be wiser and learn from the mistakes of others before you. Am I summing you up properly? You sure are, baby. Okay. Absolutely wonderful. You know, we got to wrap up and get out of here, but Pastor Cybert, I have to bring you back on because this conversation is really what I want to call groundbreaking because we are confronting real issues that real people are having, okay? And we want to be a platform that's meaningful and worth people's time. But before we get out of here, I want to know self-esteem. Let's talk about self-esteem really quick. What words of inspiration do you have for young men or young women right now who are struggling with self-esteem? They look in the mirror. They don't think they're attractive. They don't think they're cool enough. They're not as witty as probably their other friends or whatever they want to call their pals or buddies. Really quick as we wrap up, what words of advice do you have for them? I have to tell you that the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I have to say to you that you won your first race. Let me explain to you what I mean. Before you was even conceived in your mother's belly, you went down the birth canal, and there was a billion sperms that was trying to get to the egg. But you made it to the egg, and now there is no duplicate of you. No matter who tries to betray to be like you, you are you. You won your first way, so how could you not be proud of who you are? You are beautiful in God's eyes as well as in your parents' eyes. In yourself, you got to learn that you are everything that God has intended you to be and more. You got to look in the mirror and say, I might not have the long hair like everybody else, but I know I'm all that because God made me in his perfect image. You got to know that you won your first way, and that was when you went into your mother's womb. Lasting words from Pastor Phoenicia Seibert. Before we get out of here, how can our listeners find out more about you or contact you? You can find me on Facebook at Snapchat Ministries International. You can find me on my website at www.snapchatmen.org. You can follow me on Twitter at Snapchat Men or Pastor Seibert. And 
Follow me everywhere I go. Tweet us, Facebook us, interact with us. We're doing so many great things that God is doing in this generation and time. Thank you. Pastor Cyber, you have been such a positive example and force on the show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton. We're going to have to schedule to bring you back on. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Keep shining. Yes, ma'am. All right. Awesome conversation about our youth with Pastor Phoenicia Cyber. Thank you. And also want to say hello to, uh, of course, our, her our PR, our public relations uh, representative out there, Keon Moon. Thank you, Keon Moon, for keeping us connected. We appreciate you. More and hot, relevant topics to come on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Check out our upcoming show schedule at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Shana Thornton. Stay connected, stay informed, simply stay empowered. Until next Tuesday night, America, let's talk. All content original, copyright 2013 by Shana Thornton. And now we will close out the show with spotlighting vocalist William Levant. William Levant. This teen sensation has already received rave reviews from music critics throughout the industry. Levant makes gospel music for all generations. His album, Broken and Rebuilt, is due to release soon. We will now feature the hot selection titled No Room. No Room. Go and Google this young man to find out more about him. The spotlight is on you, William Levant. William Levant, close us out. Come to serve notice that we're not giving any room to the enemy. No room to confuse us. No rooms in our lives. And if you're in agreement with us, I want you to put your fist in the air. Hey, come on, hit set. I ain't giving no room to the enemy.